No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see what happens when one person disobeys God and takes for himself what is devoted to God. It's a tragic story. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. God had given Israel a great victory in conquering the city of Jericho. It was the first stronghold at the entrance to the promised land. And now we continue in Joshua chapter 7. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. We see here that the children of Israel committed a trespass, but really it was the sin of one person, Achan, whose name, ironically enough, means troubler. Jericho was the first city the children of Israel conquered when they entered the promised land, and it was a kind of first fruits offered to God. The things of Jericho were accursed, meaning that they were completely devoted to destruction. The metallic items of gold, silver, bronze, and iron were the only things that weren't destroyed, and they were put into the Lord's treasury. So in taking some of these accursed things, Achan robbed God. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned not only against Achan, but also against the entire nation. Why was that? God made a covenant with the entire nation and renewed it before they crossed the Jordan River. When there was sin in the camp, it affected everyone, for they were one nation under God. No person is an island. Our actions affect others. One person's sin can defile an entire nation and call for the judgment of God against that nation. Verse 2, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Now, Jericho was about 850 feet below sea level, and Ai was about 15 miles away and 1,700 feet above sea level. So it was a considerable climb to go up to Ai. Now, the people were no doubt feeling very confident after Jericho. The Lord had just given them this amazing victory, and Ai was considerably less impressive. The spies reasoned that only a few thousand troops would be required to take it. Overconfidence is both seductive and dangerous. Proverbs 16:18 says, "Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall." Verse 4. So about 3000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Joshua 
took the advice of his spies without inquiring of the Lord. This was his first mistake as the commander. Had Joshua prayed before going into battle, then no doubt God would have revealed to him that there was sin in the camp and the lives of 36 men would have been spared. How often are we in too much of a hurry or too self-confident to pray? Then when disaster comes, suddenly we find the time to pray. But it's far better to pray first. Before Jericho, the hearts of the Canaanites were melting like water because of what God was doing for Israel. But now the hearts of Israel melted with fear. Verse 6, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Joshua and the elders of Israel express their brokenness of spirit by tearing their clothes, falling on their faces, and putting dust on their heads. But really, Joshua sounded more like he was whining in this prayer. Alas, Lord God, why have you brought us over the Jordan? It would have been better for us to stay on the other side. You see, Joshua had lost his faith in God. But to Joshua's credit, he remembered the glory of God because he said, if we are destroyed, then what will you do for your great name? You see, Joshua knew that it was God's reputation ultimately that was at stake. Verse 10, so the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Doesn't God want us to pray? Of course. But there's a time to pray and a time to act. Now is the time to judge the sin in the camp so that they could get on with conquering the promised land. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Joshua was unaware of the sin until the Lord revealed it to him. And we are often unaware of sin, even our own, until God reveals it to us. I read in the news yesterday that according to the latest Gallup poll, a record 67% of American adults believe that gay and lesbian relations are morally acceptable. You see, many are calling evil good and good evil. We need the gift of discernment to recognize the evil that is among us and even within us. Not only did Achan steal, but he also lied about it. He pretended to be on the Lord's holy mission when in fact he was thinking about how to enrich himself. Again, observe God attributed the sin of one man to the entire nation. 
The nation's strength in defeating their enemies lie in their relationship with God. God clearly showed at Jericho that he was the one who knocked the walls down and gave the city to Israel. But if the nation sinned against God, then they would be separated from God, and Israel would have no strength before her enemies. That's a lesson we must learn as a nation. If we are morally weak, then it is only a matter of time before we will fall before our enemies. We also will be doomed to destruction. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Verse 13, Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow Because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. The word sanctify means to set apart. They would have to sanctify themselves by setting apart the one who had committed this sin that led to the death of 36 men of Israel. And the stuff that he took needed to be set apart and given back to the Lord. Verse 16, So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of Zarites, and he brought the family of the Zarites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. How did Achan feel as the conviction came closer and closer to him? Had he really thought that he could hide his actions from the Lord? But the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Give glory to God was a way to put a person under oath to tell the truth. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. Now observe sin's progression. I saw, I coveted, and I took. Achan couldn't stop seeing the items at first, but it was the second look that cost him his life. When someone falls into sin and then later it's brought out into the open, I've often wanted to ask, so was it worth it? The devil deceives into thinking that sin will satisfy us, but he never delivers what he promises. Verse 22, so Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent 
with the silver under it, and they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Now, since the law in Israel prohibited innocent family members from being punished for the sins of their relatives, we assume that Achan's family was guilty of assisting him in his sin. The place was called the Valley of Achor, which means the Valley of Trouble. We have all been deceived by sin at one time or another. The only cure for sin is confession and repentance. God is love, but he is also light. And we cannot hide our sin in the darkness and hope to prosper. But if we will confess and renounce our sin, then we will find mercy. Thank God that we live in the age of grace. But how much better it is to fear God to begin with and keep ourselves from touching the accursed thing. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see that after the sin in the camp has been judged, the Lord gives Joshua a strategy for defeating high. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Joshua on Simply the Bible.